You're listening to The Brian and Gina Show, the official podcast of L.A. Magazine. Here are your hosts, Brian and Gina. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Brian and Gina Show. That's Brian. I'm Gina. We're so happy to be back here with you. A big show today. In fact, some would say too much show. And you need to strap in for this conversation. It's a biblical show, perhaps. Yeah. This is uh, we're going yeah. to talk to the author of Hold on, I have it written down right here: Floods, Fires, and Drought, and Hope? Question mark. How LA will survive the coming apocalypse? Um, I have to assume uh, uh, that our author uh, Neil Burley will have um, some hope for us, some uh, maybe a sunny side up, maybe a silver lining to uh, some of the so. uh, climate. Some of the climate uh, slash water disasters that this city is facing and hopefully addressing, uh, I'd like to see some uh, put a plan in action. Yeah, that would be great. What would be even better is if our uh, if our guest Nina Burley did that as well. Um, Oh, what did I say? (laughs) Neil, although that's an honest mistake because it was illustrated all the incredible illustrations in the article are from Neil Jameson. And we are very, very excited to uh, to talk to her and to feature this really haunting artwork. What I really wanted to do is combine them into one super journalist who Understood. could write these compelling articles and also illustrate them. So I'm, 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 my master plan is seeping through. So yeah, this is uh, what LA will look like in 2050, at least okay. from uh, water conservation, uh, water usage, things of that nature uh, perspective. And I assume uh, that this will obviously be I don't assume. I know this would be a lot about Los Angeles. I presume this will apply to a lot of major cities, especially coastal ones that are dealing with all the same issues. Absolutely. And I hope that we look at articles like this, and I'm sure we'll get into this with Nina, but we we looked at articles like this in sort of a in sort of a Scrooged or a Christmas Carol. Like this is what could happen. But now that we are armed with the knowledge (laughs) and a healthy fear of the future, we can change things. we're about to be visited by the ghosts of Christmas future. Yes, and exactly. It's, uh, it, <laughs> and uh, Nina's our Jacob Marley. She's gonna <laughs> she's gonna walk walk us through this. You there, boy? What day is it? Yeah, <laughs> get your biggest goose. <laughs> <laughs> now you are our resident and most people's resident uh, movie buff. When reading this article, yes, biblical great word for it cinematic you've seen all of the apocalypse movies you've seen all the sort of sci-fi you know what comes to mind is stuff like interstellar and then of course anything that has to do with a wave coming and toppling over the capitol records building um in your in your movie mind how much of this have we already experienced on the big screen Oh, interesting. That's funny you mentioned the giant wave, you know, the the um, proverbial giant wave that you yeah. see in movies, because most of the time those movies are trash, and those are the the good trash. They're like enjoyable, disposable yeah. popcorn flicks. Uh, you know, the LA gets wiped out, or New York right. gets wiped out by whatever. They're fun. I enjoy watching these mega cities get uh, yeah. wiped out by nature. Uh, it's kind of a nice revenge. I'll give you a good recommendation. Maybe you've. Maybe you've not even heard of it. It was it was it was a little it's funny. 
it's a little movie with big stars. It kind of came and went. It was even nominated for a couple Oscars a few years back. Uh, it's a really excellent movie called The Impossible. It is about the uh, Sri Lankan earthquake and tsunami that happened in whatever year it was, 2008, yeah. I think. I, I yeah. could be off. Uh, but uh, The Impossible is awesome. It stars Hugh McGregor, uh, Naomi Watts. Uh, and uh, some kids as the as one of the families, you know, on vacation in Sri Lanka. Right. I think they're in Sri Lanka. And, Thailand. Um, the it could be Thailand. Yeah, it could be Thailand. Yeah. They're in a resort. They're in a beachfront resort. And the uh, the 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 earthquake happens. They, they don't feel it. It's in the middle of the ocean, but the wave comes, and it is harrowing. The movie is absolutely uh, harrowing. It's uh, it's 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 dramatic. It's fantastic. I think Naomi Watts might have been up for best actress. Maybe even best screenplay. It, it, it's a very good movie. Uh, I recommend The Impossible to uh, to everyone. It's it's uh, there's some there's some heavy stuff in there. People get swept away sure. by a tsunami, but uh, it's also one of the one of the most seamless special effects I've ever seen in a movie like that. That's insane. That it it it's ripped from the headlines. It has huge stars, and it came out not that long ago. And, and I've never heard of it. I wonder if it did better overseas because it's a very European cast, a very, you know, international story. Right. Uh, I'll look it up right now and see if it's streaming uh, anywhere. Uh, let me give me one second. It While Brian is... does that, we are, um, <laughs> we hope that that doesn't happen to our coastline, but we're going to get into that <laughs> with Nina and figure out exactly what, what she's, what, what the experts are, are speculating um, are, our city, our coast, and frankly, probably a lot of the nation will look like in 25 years. Now, Brian, I'm significantly younger than you, but in 25 oh. years, you're going to be 70-ish? <laughs> I'm I'm just thankful that I won't be here in so in 25 years. But uh, <laughs> you'll have to deal. You and my daughter Tessa will have to deal with the fallout of all of our yeah. uh, mistakes. So good I'm, luck with that. The Impossible is sisters. available to rent. Yeah, virtually. The, the Impossible is available to rent for three or four bucks across multiple platforms, Amazon and Apple TV, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, great. I, I actually have a free night tonight because as we record this, Ooh. my husband is picking up my stepson. They're going right from school to the Laker game, which is something that they do all the time. And before you think we're Rockefellers, they sit up in the rafters. I always say you can tell where someone's sitting on like the giant kiss cam, whether they're looking right. down at the camera or up yes, at the camera. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and when we if there, get- if there... Go ahead. When we get our really good seats, uh, I'm sorry. I love this child. I would I would lay down my life for him. He does not get the really, really expensive Laker tickets. Those no. guys can sit up at the top. That's right. Very good. I, I can. I, I would think that uh, there are lighter watches available for your solo, uh, you know, ice cream and uh, red wine yeah. night tonight. But uh, if you're in for something very uh, moving and dramatic, uh, the impossible is a you could do a lot worse. I'm I'm down. And as Gary will not mention, um, when we were doing a little, he was coaching me through some, uh, you know, technical computer stuff before the show. I took a screenshot of my entire, um, you know, screen so he could see what I was seeing just for technical purposes. And my tabs are unsavory. So I'm down for some <laughs> dark, dark movie watching later. Uh, okay, but I think- enjoy I, I can't wait. I think our uh, I think our guest has arrived. So should we take a quick break and then welcome her in? Yes, absolutely. This is exciting. All right. We'll be right back. Brian and Gina show. 
Hey, we're back. Brian and Gina show. So excited to talk to Nina Burley, who is haunting our dreams and our future, but hopefully <laughs> with true. um hopefully as a cautionary tale, if we really uh, allow ourselves to sort of take in this information and and maybe, you know, hopefully make some changes while we still can. Nina, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. I'm honored well, to be uh, question. Oh, question yeah. Oh, so Question for Nina. Did, did, well, I'm curious, did the story get pitched to you? Did you pitch the story? How did the, what's the genesis of this? Um, I pitched a, I pitched a version of this to, to the editor. Um, he and I've worked together before in New York. And so we've kind of off and on kept in touch. And I was reading earlier this year about the, um, the lack of water in the um, Colorado River system and the Hoover Dam um, situation. And I thought, oh, my God, I've spent a lot of time in Arizona and I know the water situation out there. And I thought, what is going to happen when they um, get so low that they can't produce enough electricity for those big desert megalopolises, Vegas and and, and Phoenix? Um, and how will that look? Will, there will be climate refugees in this country. There will be, uh, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking like they're, they're, they're going to be, um, you know, like, like Oklahoma in the Dust Bowl. There'll be people just p- packing up their pickup trucks and driving. And where will they go? Will they go to California? Will they start? And I, I, so that's actually what I was thinking when I first talked to the editor about it. And I said, you know, let's do something on climate refugees and how that's going to affect California. Will people be flooding into, to, you know, the golden state where they might have more resources and, and money and jobs and then there will be water there. Um, and we talked about that for a while. And then, and then, you know, he said, well, yeah, but you know, there are all these things going on here. And then somehow I have to say, I came up with the date. I thought, you know, let's do something on what it's going to be like within a reasonable amount of time where I and my friends are likely to still be around. Right. That's the selfish reason that we picked 2050. Um, you know, I, I'll, be, I'll be toddling around on this planet, still on the mortal coil. I won't be able to run oh. from rising waters. I'll probably be in, oh, you know, well, whatever. I don't even want to imagine it, but I won't be, I won't be a, a young youngster, um, but I'll be able to see it. And, and so will all of our contemporaries. What is that going to look like? And so we just picked 2050 for that reason. And when I started making my calls to the various experts who I interviewed for this article, the water experts, the climate, you know, chaos experts, the Ag, agricultural people in California, um, a lot of them answer, they, they, you know, get on the phone and then they'd say, um, so why'd you pick 2050? Cause you know, 2100 is when there really is going to be an apocalypse or, you know, bad things will be happening, really bad things. And I told him it's because I think we're all still going to be, yeah. my friends and I are still going to be around and we're going to see it. What is it going to be like? And so, that's how the uh, story so came the, uh, for people outside the area of Los Angeles, we've been besieged by rain, yes. heavy, heavy rains and snow uh, in the uh, mountain areas all up and down the state for the last feels like two months. Um, how much did that impact your story? How much did that 
if at all, or was it just kind of a happy accident? Like, oh, great. Now people are talking about water in California. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, well, unhappy accident actually for for many people, but it was an accident. We, we started talking about this late summer of last year. So 2022, and I did most of the reporting in the fall of 2022, and I had most of it written by the beginning of the year. And then they, um, they were editing it and they were planning, I think, to run it a little later, but they, uh, in the, the editing process that they, they speeded it up in the first round of atmospheric river, um, you know, streams coming in, they decided, okay, you know, it was after the first round of big floods, let's run this. And, um, it wasn't, uh, a surprise because I had talked to these people, Peter Glick at the Pacific Institute, specifically the water expert, um, who said, you know, these atmospheric rivers have come in, in, um, in clusters in the past historically. And there were times when, well, there was a time and you probably know this now, they probably reported it in, uh, in, in other publications and out there. Um, there was a year or two of um, intense storms in the 1860s, I think it was right around the time of the civil war. Um, and they went on for two years. Now, not every day, but it was over a period of two years, these intense storms came in waves. And the um, Central Valley was a, this was is, a sea. This is Fresno, Death it Valley, un- that area for people outside who might be listening. You're, yes, it was It was this part of Central California where, where, all, the, where all the food, well, there are two right. big ag areas, right? And it was... It was underwater that the the Central Valley and and they had um, thousands of deaths and and many 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 homes I guess thousands of of homes also um, destroyed but you have to remember that's 1860s so what who's living out there then well I mean it was a lot of you know pioneers and and early settlers and they didn't have CNN or photographers I guess and True. the Civil War was either raging or about to rage or had just happened. And so there wasn't a lot of, it's a, it's one of those forgotten disasters um, because something else was happening. I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, we think about these super storms, bomb cyclones, tornadoes in the middle of Southern California, all this. I mean, Brian alluded to it before. It's the perfect word. It's biblical. And we all, I don't care what side of the argument you're on. The fact that it's an argument is also hilarious, but I don't care what side of the argument you're on. We all have eyes. We can all see what's happening. I think if you're going to argue about something, the question is, like you said, the why. This happened in the 1800s. That's very interesting. So maybe it's not all of our, you know, seven deadly sins causing this by ourselves, but we can all at least agree that we, it's happening. The subways are flooded in Manhattan. You know, there Frankenstorms, bomb cyclones, atmospheric rivers. We're not blind. Right. It's not, you know, this particular winter for California um, is not necessarily a sign of climate change. That's something that right. they're trying to make that clear. Like the, this is, these these things come in waves. Um, the El Nino, I think that's what it is, right? Not the Nina, the Nino. They're things things that you know the Pacific Ocean and the 
the um, the the geography out there um, is uh, is what it is, and 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 you know, wild weather has happened before, and and disasters like this have happened before. It doesn't necessarily mean that this is a sign of climate change. Um, the um, but you know the, the the climate deniers will say will will run with that and say you know well of course you know it's not look mm-hmm. now there's water right. there's not it's not dried up you know um, and uh, weather exact weather as it's happening is not always a sign of climate change it's 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 these patterns in the frequency mm-hmm. and the violence of these storms and the frequency of the violent storms that is a sign of weather, um, weather craziness. It's not warming necessarily, and it may not dry everything. It may not before our eyes happen. And that's, that's, well, that's why I said, you know, again, the 2050 date is, it's a way to look at like, well, these gradual accretion of change that's happening um, will already be accepted. And, and, more specific examples of climate change are probably the average higher temperatures, the, these incredibly hot weathers, uh, days in the summer. Um, you know, in, in Bakersfield and those places last summer, um, that is going to become common. Um, it won't be like, oh, that was another freakish hot week. It will be actually the way it is in California all the time in the summer. And that's why one of the, I, you know, we, we divided the story up into very, you know, bite-sized sections, like what things will be different. And one of those changes is going to be the need for air conditioning everywhere. It, it'll be like out here where you, you couldn't buy, you wouldn't think of buying a house without right. um, heat in this area um, of New York um, and any part of the country that's cold because it just, you just can't live in a house without a heater. And, and in those parts of the country, you will not be able to have a house without air conditioning, even if you're near the ocean, like those, those Santa Monica neighborhoods that right now you can just open your window and get the lovely ocean breeze. It's not going to be uh, a reality in 2050. Everyone will have to have air conditioning. And that means um, a change on the grid, right? The electrical grid of California will be, and all those states out there will, and any any part of the country actually that's going to be burning hot, will the the electrical grid will be um, will be profoundly. Well, we are already leaders in the rolling blackout, so I don't think Bro. we're even remotely prepared for something like that. So for for the for for the listener who, yeah. who maybe hasn't gotten to the story yet, uh, Nina's story, uh, floods, fires, drought, and hope is divided into eleven bite-sized sections, like you mentioned, which is very helpful for the reader. One of them is about uh, we may see more walls uh, in uh, California, retaining walls for holding water or or number of purposes. Uh, that leads me to 
go back to what we were talking about, which is these crazy rain events. Obviously, you can't catch every drop of rain. That's insane. But you know, we all see rain coming off our roofs, coming off buildings, coming off everything, flowing into the ocean, and that's very frustrating. We say, you know, we're in a drought, and uh, water is our most precious resource, and the water is just uh, going into the gutter. What, uh, what, what, what is what is on the table for uh, saving some of that water? Well, well, that's one of the um, the positives. You know, I interviewed, as I said, scientists and experts in water, um, in fires, and in um, agriculture out there, and um, and generally climate chaos. And uh, what they don't normally talk about when the scientists will talk about data and they talk about sort of trends, but they don't talk about how right. life will change, like the California lifestyle will change. And um, they also paint these doom and gloom pictures, right? Where we have, you know, I have kids who are teenagers and, 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 you know, there's a whole generation of of children that are just being raised in this, like, we're just in an apocalypse, you know, (laughs) We're, we're headed to an apocalypse. And so what was interesting is that when I asked this question about life changing and culture changing, they, they were, um, depending on sort of how, I guess almost the personality of the person I was talking to, some people tried to focus on the positives and like, um, you know, picking out of this scenario ways that we can say, hey, you know what, it might, there might be some good things going on. And one of those things is that California is an extremely rich part of the world and has money. And, and that, means that the, that that area will have in LA particularly will have um extremely advanced water reclamation and water um recycling systems by then billions and billions of dollars worth of the latest technology will be um operating in LA specifically um and those systems will be sort of like the global standard. So LA, again, specifically will have, um, they're already building them, but you're not seeing everything that they're doing. They're building these underground cisterns to hold the water in, because as you said, you're seeing water, but then it's like, it's going right back into the Pacific Ocean. What's the point? What are we getting out of these rains other than our houses are being ruined? So they're going to change. They're going to have these underground cisterns they're going to have water recycling systems. Um, so I, as I headlined it, you will be drinking your pee like astronauts already do. Um, you'll be drinking recycled water. They'll have it, they'll have it, um, these, these really, really, uh, you know, state-of-the-art recycling systems for massive numbers of people so that the water, the gray water is going to go back into the system and be cleaned out. And then you'll be able to drink it and it'll just keep going back and forth. Then you'll have with the rain falling and these giant rainfalls, um, there will be a number of things. They're going to have, as I said, these underground cisterns, they'll be holding tank, holding areas for water that do do not exist right now in Los Angeles. So while the mountains around you um, and uh, all over the state, while there are elevations of the mountains where there are going to be these great die-offs of certain types of trees, so the mountains will be browner 
um, and different things will grow than, you know, the traditional trees that are living in California now will not, some of them will not make it. Um, and where they die, other things will be growing, but they'll generally, there will be these browner areas. LA, on the other hand, will probably be greener in a man-made sense because they're going to make these water uh, holding tanks, um, above ground water holding tanks that are, that will be lakes, basically, um, ponds, there will be a lot more above ground water. And, and that means there will be a lot more green space in what is right now, you know, this concrete jungle of freeways and cement because cement doesn't hold the water, right? It's just running right off. So they're going to, they'll have these tanks or these big holding pens of water, lakes, lagoons, whatever they are, and reservoirs. They will also have um, had programs to build, uh, to plant a lot more trees around Los Angeles because trees, tree roots, they'll get rid of a lot of cement and they'll try to put these, putting trees down. There are people already doing that in LA, but it'll be a much bigger project and you'll see the effects of it in 30 years where there will be more, many more trees because tree roots can hold water, right? And, there, and so that all is going to happen. So in some ways, LA will be like this green oasis in a much yellower, gr- browner place. Which is funny because um, we're, we're not known said, for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, when you talk about trees dying off, I think that we're probably, I'm assuming out out of thin air, that we're the last generation to probably enjoy palm trees, which are not native to Los Angeles. I think we're probably done with palm trees after this. I, I don't, I, I, I had some in, inklings of that, but I, you probably know more about it, but yeah, the palm tree is not native and it's not, although it does, you know, those trees, some of those trees do right. do well in deserts. I mean, date trees, that's what, you know, Saudi Arabia, the Middle East deserts, they're date trees. So yeah, there might be that type of tree, but that's not the type of tree that they're thinking of, I right. think, in terms of planting. Um, no, well, and it's funny when the, you talk about dates, the, um, Anyone who goes to Palm Springs on a weekend knows that you got to get a date shake. You know, date shakes are a thing. So we we embrace the date. Um, But it's so interesting. And I think we're seeing just the tip of this. And Brian, being a, a homeowner with a yard, I would love your thoughts. But when you said that lawns will be as taboo as smoking. I thought that was so interesting because we're already starting to see a lot of AstroTurf. We're seeing a lot of ornamental rock and cactus. And I think you're right. I think people have had it with the green lawns. Well, yeah, landscaping uses up a ton of California water. I mean, it's, um, I think there's a certain percentage of water that goes to, um, not to agriculture, but to lawns, and that amount will will not be used for grass anymore. I mean, the, the grass lawn will be a thing of the past. Um, it already is. One of the experts I talked to gave me the sort of history of lawns, which I thought was so interesting. He said lawns originated in the 18th century in England when people who were rich enough not to farm yeah. would plant grass it, around their houses to prove that they didn't have to ostentatious grow show of to wealth. Wow. Yes. It's an ostentatious show of wealth in a, in a place where, you know, it's meant to be brown. The, the earth want that land out there 
wants to be brown. It doesn't want to be green. And it's you're fighting it every day with pouring, you know, water that you need on those lawns. So the lawns won't be and there are already programs in LA where they're trading their their people have started to go and get, especially right. when the drought was a drought. Now people are kind of thinking probably they'll step back from that because gosh, there's so much water. But they it still needs to happen. They can't grass lawns can't um it it, it will be a pariah thing. It'll people will walk right. by and see it and yeah. sneer. Now that said, there will also be yeah. people yeah. who don't really care at all about this as there are people who don't care about smoking, but more they won't care about it because they have so much money right. in their, you know, Beverly Hills and they are fine with it. So, or, you know, the Holly, whatever they, they'll think it's cool. And that'll be also a sign of, of like, right. you know, thumbing your nose at the, you know, the green, the greens, I'm sure there will still be people right. out there with lots and there will be grass on sports fields and so on. I mean, there's, but it's just, not I, I would liken it to area. maybe to like foie gras out here. It's right. like, yeah, it kind of looked down upon, you know what I mean? But it's like, Hey man, if you can afford it and that's your yeah. thing, knock yourself out. Yeah. I don't think the rest of us are really in for that, but right. uh, it'll be right. a self-selecting sample. Right. Well, and we've, we've, I, I don't know. This is on my mind a lot doing weekend trips to the desert. I get like, I get emotional, like angry when I drive past these desert suburb communities in the middle of nowhere that are as green as the hills of Ireland in the spring. I mean, they're, you're, you're putting people, you're putting these random bedroom communities in the middle of nothing and they look like Shangri-La and it worries me and it kind of pisses me off. Like, I guess, are we going to either see less of those or those are going to start shutting down in the next few decades? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, the thing, the the, the issue, the problem with capitalism um, in our system is that you know we judge we judge our economy by housing starts, new housing starts. It's a, like that doesn't happen in Italy and in Europe. Like it's new housing starts. Like how many houses do you need to build and how? Well, because it's part of this. Like we have to keep growing and growing. You right, can't right. just you fix sprawl. your old house up. It's meant to fall apart right. and that's a new one. So, so there's that. And then there's the desire for, right, for ex-urban living and ex-urban living more than the green spots in the desert out there, which are, I agree, pretty revolting right. <clears throat> as are golf courses, which, by yeah. the way, probably there will be less of those. And yay, then you'll have less golfers around you. Um, or that golfing mentality. They can all go to Florida with Trump. Um, golfers even, taking the hit here. The, the, <laughs> the problem with those ex-Urbans, the problem with ex-Serbia out there is is those areas in the um, in the mountains or out in where there's brush, right? And and then uh, the forest, a cal fire, right. has to go protect right. these places that shouldn't be out there. Um, and all of these, all these resources are being poured yes. into fighting fires in these areas where um, houses shouldn't be, and, and and they should not be. And and the Cal Fire and the federal government. I was just listening to a, mm-hmm. the Daily, the New York Times. I know it's a another. The Daily great. The Daily today. I've not actually heard of it. had. A, it's geeking. They're geeking out on uh, some new report um, from the Biden administration that sort of inches up to this issue of how when you are protecting the federal government insures or backs mm-hmm. up insurance for these disasters, oh. like a fire or, you know, water flooding. Um, 
when they're backing up the insurance on them, it's almost like a subsidy for people to continue to live in a way that is absolutely at, at, at odds True. with what's happening to the planet. And they shouldn't be backing them up. And it's not to say Cal Fire, so, you know, right. sorry, we're not coming there to put your fire out. You got to get your house out of there. But they can't, they're, they're incur- it's, an, it's encouragement and a subsidy for people to move into these places where they shouldn't be. You shouldn't have a house in these parts of, of um, California that historically uh, when, you know, natives tribes lived there, the fires would happen yeah. and the fires would burn out and then they new growth would happen. And it was part of this natural cycle. And now <laughs> it's so out of whack um, that, uh, you know, too, too many people are living. In these you know, I, mean, that, I didn't prepare yeah. you for the, oh, I'm sorry, Gina, if I Go can ahead. ask a follow-up question on something you talked about earlier, I didn't prepare you for this. So if you don't have any information on it, no worries, but I'm wondering is there's so much, is there a, um, a world where there could be a program where you could incentivize businesses, the Costco's of the world, the targets of the world, the, the, the LAX's of the world, the, the, the Staples center on and on and on to put, uh, put some sort of greenery on their gigantic roofs and, uh, thereby, uh, increase, I would assume at the very least, uh, I don't know, they're cleaning the air. I don't know, or, or possibly more. Is that, do you have an idea if that's even on the table? Well, uh, I don't know if it's on the table. Um, it certainly is um, something that people try to do in cities. I, you know, I've read about it. They're doing, they're doing things like that. I mean, they're, they're these sort of right. gardens on vertical gardens, yeah, garden, walls of gardens. I used to work at a company Vertical that did gardening. That in the 90s. They're very ahead of their time. Yeah. And, you know, the government should perhaps be subsidizing or encouraging that. Um, but I don't know. You know, I, I mean, I flew in the other day to um, Atlanta Airport. <laughs> what a nightmare that place is. But Poor Atlanta Airport there. golfers. Um, it's, <laughs> it's like a portal to hell. It's horrible. Um, but uh, it, I fly, flying in low into the airport, you know, it's very flat. And you do pass these. I don't know, man. They're like quarter mile square yeah. um, warehouse operations. They're just flat buildings in the middle of gigantic concrete. And you think about how hot it gets in Georgia. I mean, hotter than Georgia asphalt. I had a t-shirt <laughs> that said that. <laughs> hotter than Georgia asphalt. And like, it's hot down there. And, and that's, you're right. It's like reflecting this sun and it's unbelievable. And I, I, I guess um, that would be one of those things that if in 2050, if the whole country got behind it, there would be some kind of federal, um, yeah. and, you know, encouragement to, to these big companies. And, you know, like like Bezos, I mean, he's got the um, yeah. what the Earth Fund, you know, there are some of these right. guys are actually paying attention to it. And I think, um, you know, I have faith that the human race, I, I, I have to say, I think they're you know, look, we started in caves. Like I couldn't live in a cave right now, but our ancestors, yeah. right, lived in caves and, and they figured out how to get out of caves and make fire. And then, and then, you know, now here we are where we've got, you yeah. know, this and, and we can, you know, amazing things are happening and, and, and we're going to, you know, so I think, I think that, you know, as much as we're, right now in this crisis situation and and now we've really fucked our planet up for a while that there will be 
um, you know, continuing technological um, improvements and mitigations that will be going on. And that's kind of what's in this article. There will be change. There will be mitigation. There will be adaptation. Um, but the sad thing is, in the meantime, we've wiped out all these animals and the oceans. We haven't even got to the ocean situation. is terrifying. And I can't even, that's a whole other thing. The water, uh, animal life in the water and animal extinctions are going to happen. And, and that's for sure. Like we're, we're we've overrun this planet like ants, and and there are not other well, species you know, that are going to make it. Well, we think about you know the dinosaurs and all this stuff. Like right now, humans are having their shot, and you know what? Maybe we'll be done, and somebody else will have their shot. So it, it's kind of it's kind of up to us. It's like I tell my steps and all the time, like this is on you. Like it's your behavior dictates what happens next. I'm not in charge of it. So your I hope six year old looks so bummed out. <laughs> But I mean, but I mean, just like in the house, I mean, you know, yeah. like, hey, I'm not just doling out consequences for fun. Your behavior tells me whether we're doing this or not. So I know that, you know, that you you do shed these really interesting glimmers of hope based on data, which is fantastic. I'm going to ask this on behalf of Brian, who Please. the list is much shorter. If you ask Brian, what wine clubs are you and your wife not a part of in California? Far shorter. I was just about to ask about wine. I'm sure you were. The good news for Brian is that you have number six in big, bold letters, California wine will still be a thing. Can you just give us all a little hope there and talk about it for a moment before we wrap? Sure. Yeah. Well, there's this guy named Noah Diffenbaugh and you can, he's got an unusual enough name. If you Google him, he's, I think he's at Stanford who's an expert on this, um, on agriculture and climate change, basically. But he wrote something um, a while ago about, you know, the, the grape and what was going to happen in California. And it was really, it was really dark and he got in a lot of trouble for it. And so when I went, when I approached him, he, this is years later, he's like, oh, they took it out of context. And, you know, there's definitely going to be a wine, the wine industry in California is too big to die. And what's going to happen is, they're going to be planting grapes that are adapted to this type of weather. So you're not going to lose your California wine. It's just, mm -hmm. it's going to be different grapes and um, yeah, they'll still be making it because it's such a huge industry and they'll, they'll figure out ways to find grapes that can survive hotter weather. Um, that, so yes, you'll still have wine. It just might taste, not taste no one knows the, the same. Hold on to those old know. vintages, people. Really a fan of yeah, seriously. <laughs> I don't know. You could blindfold someone, yeah. uh, the, the average person out here, they couldn't tell you a Melbeck from you know, a, a Cabernet. That's, that's, that's what the, I mean, basically that's kind of, I think what he was saying, like it's the brands, the, the brands will be there. Um, they'll manage to make it in a certain way. Um, and they'll, you know, they'll, it'll, right. there'll be the high end and the low end and so on. But grape, the grapes. Well, not to get too wine um, nerdy different. about it. I do, I do enjoy wine. I do enjoy lots of different kinds of wine. Like there's, there's these legacy winemakers, right? That specialize in a certain kind, like Duckhorn, you know, Duckhorn Merlot. That's their kind of their bread and butter. But then there's ones, great wineries that, you know, uh, can adapt and st instead of growing, Pinot Noir, they could maybe adapt to like I previously mentioned Melbeck, which does really well in the hills of Argentina. You know, it's just, there's grapes that do better all yeah. over the world. Exactly. And that's what's going to, again, uh, adaptation. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure Brian was going to be able to sleep yeah. tonight. 
because I, I yeah, broke on a cold sweat, man. I think we can sleep. The people who might have to change our, their um, culinary. I saw. Let's talk about fears. that because Gina had her first In and Out burger in a while. I haven't and, uh, eaten beef be- since. I was, it's 1993. I'm just getting on the beef train and now I have to let it go. Well, the cows might move. The cows might move. (laughs) No, you will have your beef, but the cows are going to have to move. That's, um, that's something else that was so interesting about this. Um, the whole Western cowboy myth that we, you know, we still live by or in our imagination. Right. And, and, it's like, it's not really real now, but it's not even going to be a thing in the future because, um, growing food for cows is, uh, super water intensive and they're already using up a bunch of, um, California land to grow alfalfa for the Saudis. Saudis have poor, probably is not news in California. It was news to me. I'm like, what they're letting them, but you know, so they've rented out, I don't know, lots of land and they're using it to make cow food because they can't grow it there anymore at all. And then they're shipping it back. So, um, cow food, not, you know, no cows need rain. And, and so what's going to happen is the cows should be back here where it's raining all the time. Um, and, and where they used to have a lot of dairy farms and cow farms around here in this area that kind of went under because the dairy, the market fell out on the milk industry a long time ago. And they don't, there are lots of tracts of land here that used to be dairy farms. And now city people have bought these charming farms and turned them into charming, expensive farms. And the dairy farmers are nowhere to be found. In fact, the dairy farmers here that I know are like the few left. They're like, yeah, my kids don't want to get into it. They've gone into better, um, better, Jobs. Um, oh, what are those jobs? Oh, they're wow. prison guards. I thought you were going to say cannabis. I'm not kidding. Cannabis would be better than, no, but they're the, at least this family that I know. Wow. Yeah, my kids, they're prison wow. guards. Not They don't want to do this. Um, so sad. But yeah, beef cattle will not be um, roaming um, around there. That, that's and, and, and But more than that, beef itself, as you know, is not good for the planet at all. Like the cow, the whole cow eating thing. Is that because um, of the methane emissions from the cows so, mainly? Well, you know, yeah, just farming, like the whole, the way it's done and the whole factory, I mean, just the way they treat, oh, like, I mean, I don't even, I eat it, I'll eat a steak every once in a while, but it's just gross. And yeah, so I think that they, they really do predict that the trend is going into away from beef, in 2050, a lot more people will not be eating it for a lot of reasons in LA and California, especially because you're out in front on a lot of these trends and health and so on. So they won't be eating as much beef. They might be eating yeah. man-made meat, doing? which I did a story on. Yes, I did a story on it for Document Journal. Please. I, know I shouldn't be promoting we'll, we'll it, but that they last two years ago. <laughs> And um, it's it was so interesting because they can you know they're getting close they can already do it with fish, but they're gonna they're, they they're going to get to where they can make make protein like um you know in in but the, the problem is with the beef they haven't figured out the okay. bath that it needs to grow in but they're gonna be these giant tanks outside of cities wow. where they're making Delicious. chicken breast it sounds totally <laughs> gross but. If you think about it, it sounds disgusting to us now. To me, it does. I, I it just like yeah. I don't know, like big tanks of plasma where they're just growing things that look like cow meat. Um, 
But if you think about it, those people in the future eating that stuff, if they are, and we'll be looking back at us and going, yeah. what they did, the what two, animals? Yeah, the two what words you don't want to put together are stuff? factory farm. Those mm. are, it, it's a really bleak and disgusting image. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I can't stand it. And these, these, all these revelations recently about child labor, where you think about these kids coming up from Guatemala and they're like, okay, let's put them to work cleaning up the blood in the abattoir mm. in, in, in Iowa. Right. I mean, that's what's going on. Like 14 year olds. If you read that story in the times, oh, I only so read Ellen magazine, so I don't know. Yeah. We story. wouldn't know. It doesn't right. Right now, right now, <laughs> Gina. I only read LA magazine. Right now there's I a, there's great. a guy leaving yeah. for a golf trip in Atlanta <laughs> airport, <laughs> eating a steak, eating a steak. And it's just single tears. Like what the hell, man? I'm just I'm trying to hook a wheel with the boys. <laughs> Hey, yeah, time to look inward, golfer from Atlanta. <laughs> we're, talk, we're talking to you, Stu. <laughs> I give him a name. Beef Stu. Well, you know what? At least they did. At least they held. At least they held out against Donald Trump and his calls to make find the perfect number of you, you know, votes. That battle's you know, still going on. Hand it. Yeah, it's still going on. But you know, and they did send two senators. You know, to uh, the first the first Jew and the first black from Georgia into the Senate, yeah. into the U S Senate. So States. yay for Georgia. Uh, uh, Nina, you Nina, are the story incredible. Of- <laughs> She's incredible. True, true. You must come back. So- we, we demand it. You're awesome. Nina. The story is uh, foods, fires, floods, fires, drought, and hope question mark, how LA will survive the coming apocalypse. It's a great story broken up into yeah. a basic 11 vignettes. Uh, Nina, you're fantastic. I'd love to have you back anytime you uh, read a story for some other publication. Well, you know what? Keep my number. I'm always happy to talk. Uh, it's fun. And loved meeting you guys. And if this is um, online, yes, for please sure. tell people are time. you uh, on social media? Tell people where they can find you. Where, where can they find you? I am. I'm on, I'm on Twitter at Nina Burley and I'm on Instagram at Nina Burley. I am not on Facebook because I don't, um, it's the triple time You're sucks, right. and Stu, I can only do two of them. Stu so, right now Instagram. is scrolling Facebook going, what the, <laughs> what the hell? Is, what did I do? It's Nina Burley. <laughs> Sorry. Also, I can't stand Zuck, although he is yep. he does own Instagram Indeed, does. too. So that means he owns my entire oh, my entire photograph. He owns um, all of us. Album oh, my God. Nina Burley, B-U-R-L-E-I-G-H. Um, you are just, you're a font of knowledge and we can't wait to exploit that, uh, again, very, very soon. <laughs> Seriously. Thank you. I will happily. Thanks, all right. Guys, thank anytime. you. All right. Thank you so much. Good, luck. Good, work. Good luck. So that's Nina Burley, everybody. She has a lot of information and, um, some of it's scary and some of it's maybe, uh, hopeful question mark like the headline says and i think she has a lot knowledge is always a good thing right like we said you know if scrooge knew in advance he could make some changes that's one of my favorite things about what we're doing here talking to these authors because when authors do a deep dive into subjects they become like mini experts you know what i mean like obviously maybe the researchers and the scientists know a little more but they got a pretty good grasp on the picture on the big picture and they can disseminate the information in a way that is uh digestible yes speaking of digestible um you'll have your precious wine it just might be a little more tanniny i'll have to adapt and it's going to be tough 
tough 25 years, but, uh, you know, I, I got to start stocking up my cellar now. They're going to come like, Grandpa Brian, can you bring out one of your uh, 2023s? <laughs> All right, it's a special occasion. Yeah, I do often worry about, like, we're going to be elderly and it's going to be warm and the seas are going to be rising. And I just hope that uh, the good people of, of this community uh, make sure that we don't, uh, you know, hurt ourselves too much. I I hope I'm there to see it. And uh, if not, I hope I'm far, far away. <laughs> Same. Um, so we are going to keep bringing you these great shows with these great reporters. They're absolutely uh, the, the cream of the crop. And then uh, next week, it'll probably just be your next show. It'll just be me and Brian doing what me and Brian do. So you get a little bit of everything. Oh, we got we got stuff to catch up on. Oh, boy. Stories to tell. And I have opinions that will probably get me run out of town on a rail. Oh, cool. Well, if you'd like to be the new co-host of uh, the John and <laughs> You show, <laughs> reach out to me at uh, <laughs> the handle below. Yes, at Bald Brian, at Gina Grad, all across social media. Uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you sticking with us, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Brian and Gina Show. To get in touch with the hosts or buy their books, hit them up at at Bald Brian and at Gina Grad on Twitter and Instagram or by email at podcasts at lamag.com. To get connected with LA Magazine, hit them up at at LA Mag on Twitter and Instagram. Talk soon.